John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. Hey, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. And guess what? Isotope offers one free month of Music Production Suite Pro, which has all the tools you need to mix, master, and repair audio. Also, you can get 10% off all other software using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All of this is at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. This is the High Gain Podcast. John. So high. So yeah. podcasting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Great. Where are we recording today? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington. It's not beautiful uh, today. It's kind of rainy. Man, that storm last night was crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, there were, what did you say? The like, weather analysts. Yeah. Uh, claim that there were 200 lightning strikes in Seattle within an hour. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what West Seattle's like today. What do we talk about? Guitars. Oh, are we going to talk about guitars today? We're going to talk about guitars today. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. that's cool. Kind of recently, you did a website redesign. Yeah. Right. Yep. And a lot of people probably listen to this on their mobile phone device and just in a podcast app. You should go to thehighgain.com and just look at the layout. Because I was checking it out, and it is amazing when you see all the guitars we've done like in a big grid. in a big in a big grid of week by week, yeah. and they've all got that same background. It's, it looks really cool. It's like, pretty cool, and it's it's cool that we have not yet duplicated a guitar. Nope, and we're seventy plus episodes in, and that is pretty cool. This is probably the best. I don't know guitar history beverage podcast on the planet yeah you know what else we have committed to what more detailed show notes Mm -hmm. so if you hear about a pedal that we're talking about if you hear about a beverage we've mentioned or want to know more about a song we've played or can't remember who it was now you can go to the website and yeah. all that stuff's going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Content. Oh, my God. We're well, pitching major tents over here. Oh, tent pitcher. Yeah. Serious kickstand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Beverages. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's another thing. You've been just spicing up that beverage theme song a lot. If anybody has an idea of something yeah. they want me to play oh. leading into the beverages, oh, let us know. You mean like, oh, John, play something from the Sex Pistols going into beverages. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I will interpret a portion of it. Okay. For everyone. That's great. We we got in the car. It was an exciting day that way. Yeah, and uh, went to Real Fine Coffee. It is Real Fine Coffee. I got a Grande Soy Latte. So did I. And they had a jar of Mighty O Donuts. They weren't donut holes. They were kind of mini donuts. Miniature donuts. And I'm like, oh, I could eat like three of those. And then I thought like, well, John's going to want some. So we should probably get like six. And then I thought, well, I could eat six of those. Yeah. And then by that point, there weren't that many left in the jar anyway. Right. So we took a baker's dozen and emptied them out. Yeah. 13 donuts. And how many of those are left? None. Zero donuts. I'm tickled pink. Yeah. Normally we get stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's yeah. me stuffing my face hole. Right. Then Ed right. feels like left. he has to comment on how John just stuffed that whole thing of whatever <laughs> in his pie hole. Uh, today? Yeah, today it's my turn. It's Ed's turn. I ate the whole goddamn bag of... I blinked and Ed had yeah. hoovered up all those donuts. Oh, they were delicious. <laughs> I love Mighty O Donuts. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Julie at... Real Fine Coffee. Yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show from way back. She gave us a sticker. Yeah. And we put it on our wall of friends. Love it. Woo. What kind of guitar do you have over there, This John? is an Ibanez, Ed. It looks like a Les Paul. Pick guard and headstock. Give that thing away as a real fancy boy. It is. Okay, thank you. This guitar <laughs> is from 1977. Yeah. And it is called a custom agent. That is potentially the coolest name of any guitar we have ever covered on the High Gain Podcast. Yep. It sounds very James Bondy, dangerous. Undercover. Yeah. Anyone familiar with Ibanez in the 70s knows that all their guitars had alternate model numbers. Oh. So for anybody who cares, 2405. Custom Agent has a slightly better ring. I think you're right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It looks real fancy. It's pretty fancy. You know me and fancy guitars, John. I love them. You love them. Gold hardware, uh, inlays. The uh, more the better with the inlays. Yep, yep. I want binding on everything. Yeah. You want the binding to be bound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is about as close to a guitar with bound binding as you're going to get. Yep. Yeah. We should do a little recap on Ibanez. Okay. Japanese company with a Spanish name. Right. Does a factory burn down in this story? Multiple factories burn down. Cool. There's, okay. There's fire all over the place. Okay. Rick Springfield's cool. Oh, Jesse's girl. Did you play that for any particular reason? Nope. It just came flying off my sloppy fingers. I love it. Slop hand. Right. Yeah. Tell me more about <laughs> this. Uh, what did they do? They burned down? Oh, yeah. So Ibanez is a product of the Hoshino family. The yes. vaunted Hoshino family. Yes. Who yes. have been involved with instruments for a very long time, Ed. Right. Turns out about yes. 101 years. Okay. They started in 1918. 110 years. 1909. 1908. 111 years? <laughs> I don't have the fancy calculator you use. My brain? Okay. Keep going. Yeah, okay. 111 years ago. Yeah. Long time ago. 1908, they started okay. out as a bookstore in Nagoya, Japan. Okay. They were selling sheet music and miscellaneous little instruments. So you couldn't really say at that point they were an instrument manufacturer and retailer. Sure. 
But in the early 1900s, the guitar craze is kind of coming up. There's things like Hawaiian music, classical music gets more popular. Mm -hmm. So that's when they go to our man, Salvador Ibanez. In España. Valencia, Spain. Love it. Yeah. Old Sal had set himself up with what would become the largest guitar factory in Spain. Okay. So the Hoshinos are like, hey, Sal, could you make us some guitars and send them over here to Japan and we'll sell them? I love it. That works out so well that by 1929, one of the Hoshino sons, Mm -hmm. he's thinking, maybe we should start another company just for the instrument side. Sure. We'll keep the bookstore and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of this is coming back. I remember this. Okay. So he starts a Hoshino musical instrument company. Okay, okay. So now they're doing books and instruments. And he starts uh, importing even more guitars from our man Sal. Until... Uh, old sal at the height of this gets himself dead what happened to him i have no idea i can't find any record of sal except that his two sons took over upon his passing okay well we miss him yeah i'm gonna pour out a little of my Uh, soy latte onto your floor great i'll mop that up later (laughs) okay (laughs) uh so the supply from spain eventually could not even keep up with how popular this was getting in japan in the 30s everybody wants to play guitar in japan it's popular sure smart people play guitar yes they do how many times have i said that uh once (laughs) just now (laughs) that's how many john so with that problem with the demand hoshino thinks maybe we should start trying to build some over here too to augment the supply coming from spain so they start ramping up to try to manufacturer guitars they're still dealing with ibanez in spain because they need the inventory mm-hmm. so they have to do it until in 1939 what happens fire fire bad. finally yeah <laughs> which factory burns down the ibanez factory in spain there were... i'm just glad sal wasn't around to see it go yeah at the time there was the spanish civil war sure so you know i think things were getting set on fire and blown up and sure it's maybe not so surprising yeah. The largest guitar factory in Spain, mm-hmm. in the middle of the Spanish Civil War, finds Was itself targeted. mysteriously on fire. Civil unrest is a bummer. Yeah, so that was 39. Okay, 1939. So now Hoshino is like, can we ramp up enough to take on the full manufacturing load to deal with the popularity of the guitars? Back in Japan. Yeah, we had ramped up to kind of augment our man Sal. Now Sal's on fire. we got to do it all ourselves. Goddamn. I'm doing some math here. I'm thinking yeah. what with my history brain and yeah. whatnot. Uh-huh. 1939. Yes. Spanish Civil War. Yes. Shit gets set on fire yep. in Spain. Yep. Let's move to Japan. I don't know. The next four, five, six years are not going to be so great. What do you mean? In Japan. I'm just, I'm trying to put some dates on this and I'm thinking ramping up manufacturing in Japan in the late 30s. Not great. That is a very prescient impression, Ed. <laughs> I, I don't even really remember this from the episode, but I have a feeling this story in the mid-40s does not end well. It does not. <laughs> okay. The U.S. executes a bombing raid on Nagoya. Oh, in sure. 1945. Yeah. And obliterates the Hoshino factory. Sure. No more guitars for you. Our boy Les Paul is like at the wheel. Yeah, they blow up the whole goddamn city. So allegedly Les Paul is flying the plane. 
that blows up the Ibanez factor. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. And allegedly, the nose gunner of that plane was Leo Fender. Allegedly. Allegedly, Leo Fender and Les Paul bombed Ibanez. Yep. Okay. Or history. I love it. This is why I have a history degree, John, because it's stuff like this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what do they do? They find a shack or cobble one together. It is described as a wooden shack. Really? Where yeah. they started manufacturing? They reopen, and that wouldn't be till 48. So yeah, three years sure. later. Man, post-war anywhere is a real bummer town. Yeah. Bummer town. It wouldn't be until 55 that they had a proper new factory ready to go. Really? Yep. What year did the first Godzilla movie come out? Godzilla is like a hybrid, right? He's like a swimming marmot lizard or something, like a badger creature. <laughs> so, 55, they've got their new headquarters. They're noticing that the guitar craze yeah. also exists in the United States, Ed. Okay. Where, just like in Japan, the demand outweighs the supply. Mm. As sales slowed, they were able to get in there on that mid-range. Sure. Great. So, I'm going to skip ahead now. Okay. They're importing things into the U.S., Mm-hmm. In 68, Gibson, Ugh. yeah, those guys, <laughs> owned by Norlin, reissues its own Les Pauls. Had they stopped briefly with the Les Paul? Some of them. You could probably still get a new Les Paul of some type. Sure. I don't think they called it anything like historical. Right, right. Okay. Thus begins the copy era. Right. Gibson is reissuing this. There must be a market for it. Okay. Let's just fucking copy what they're doing. And this is 68 is when that starts. And so a lot of people start doing it. Chief among them, Ibanez. And they did everybody. They did Martin. They did Fender. They did Mm -hmm. Rickenbacker. They did Gibson. Some of those copies are considered better than the original. Does Gibson love when companies copy their styles? Turns out they don't. They're not into that. They're not into that. Of the things that they are into, that is not one of them. Yeah. Even back in the 60s. Yeah. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. (sighs) So was Robert Kennedy. Yep. Yep. 1968. Bummer town. Ed Peterson was born, though. People loved it when Ed Peterson was born. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So now they're thinking, we need to establish some shit in the U.S. Break me off a piece of that. Stick it in. Break it off. (laughs) wiggle it around a little bit (laughs) while you're in there yeah okay so they find harry rosenblum harry rosenblum yeah yeah. okay what's he up to what's harry up to yeah oh no not so much he lasted kind of a long time 1929 to 2019 90 years old good run harry yeah so what's his deal he had a music store oh in philadelphia yeah 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 yeah. hoshino approaches him yeah we want to move into the U.S. What do you say we partner up? Sure. Okay. So now the company's called Elger, which is a portmanteau. Oh, you love it when they do that. Yeah, it's Harry's kids, Ellen and Gerson. So now Ibanez is in America via the Elger company. They, okay. They put our man Harry in as president. Sure. They send over some Japanese cats. Love it. To work with them. Okay. They hit the ground running. Crank them out, baby. By about the mid-70s, mm-hmm. they're thinking, you know, we should start coming up with our own designs. Mm-hmm. The copies are nice and everything, but let's put some flair into them. Yep. Which brings us to this here custom agent. Okay. We have a pedal. Okay. What do we got? 
We have a J Rocket Audio Designs. Okay. Archer Icon Pedal. J Rocket yep. Audio Designs. Archer Icon Pedal? Yes. Where's this thing from? California, these dudes. Lovely. J Rocket California. Yeah. Okay. Originally, there was a pedal called the Centaur. Sure. The, yeah, the, the Clon. Yeah, the Clon Centaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This attempts to recreate that using new old stock germanium diode stuff. Okay. Oh my god. That's pretty 70s what you were just doing right there. Yeah, I'm there. trying. I'm yeah. trying. Yeah. I'm trying well, my very best here. Okay. Yeah. You're doing great. That yeah. guitar with that little, uh, you know, blues daddy lick there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Archer Icon Overdrive pedal. I dig it. It's nice. Are those knobs on it burgundy? Yeah. Golden burgundy. And then that guitar you're playing has gold hardware. Oh. So you are just, you're ripping it. Yeah, 74, this thing comes out. Let me tell you about it. Okay. It's a Les Paul shape. Yeah. It's got two pickups, two humbuckers. Yep. Two volume, two tone, and yep. a selector switch, just like a Les Paul. Yeah. However, yeah. here's where the similarities end. Instead of the Les Paul headstock, it's got a headstock that is similar to a Gibson F5 mandolin. Oh, no shit. It's the shit. same headstock they would use on the mandolin. And down at the bottom... Yeah. They have inlaid mother of pearl from where the hardtail bridge ends yeah. down to the end of the body. Right. So that from a distance, it looks like a very ornate trapeze bridge. Yeah. And it has a similarly curly-cued yeah. pick guard. Fancy boy. That kind of also echoes the F5 mandolin shape. Yep. Do you see the inlays on the frets, Ed? Yes, I do. Each one is different. Right. That is a phenomenon often seen on banjos. Okay. So banjo inlays on the neck, mandolin shaped headstock. Weird. Trapeze bridge inlays. Weird. Super 70 pickups. Okay, those are hot, right? Yes and no. Oh. It has an Alnico 8 magnet in it. Oh, is that cool? We know about Alnico magnets because lots of pickups have those. Okay. Alnico 8, much stronger than a typical Alnico magnet. Okay. So that would make you think, oh, then that's a hot pickup, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you deliberately underwind it. Okay. They were aiming for the vintage PAF humbucker sound. Okay. So I'll show you. Neck. I'll, I'll roll that off. Ooh. So, uh, middle. Bridge. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good tone. Yeah, I love it. By 75, right? they've got mostly original designs. Okay. Which makes it even more hysterical that in 1977, Gibson sues them. Okay. Hey, you're copying all our shit. But at this point, they're moving away from copying. Yeah, and so it goes into court. Yeah. And they settle out of court. Oh, sure. So Ibanez is like, we're not copying your shit anymore. Right. And Gibson's like, yeah, well, don't. Okay. But the 70s yeah. is where this all kind of began for them, at least in the U.S. Yeah. The only part missing. Yeah. They realize, man, we need some endorsers. Sure. They get Sylvain Sylvain. 
Yep. From the New York Dolls. And yep. they give him one of their Flying V versions. Oh, I wonder if that is more something to do with the cost of getting that performer. You know, like oh. you could just get... Like other people uh, would charge them? Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. You want to hear some New York Dolls? Yeah, I do. This is called Human Being, and it is 1974. Okay. get the gist i don't know which one of them was which but <laughs> i picture the 12 bar blues with the pinky like that was going on in that song that that was him that was him that's my guess let's move to 76 okay 76 okay. bicentennial guy who's maybe been around a little while okay our man steve miller Oh, the Steve Miller Band? He was one of the biggest boosters for Ibanez. No kidding. They loved him. He loved them. So one of those deals where maybe they got in on the ground floor of some Steve Miller. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is really good. There's another story about a guy who played these. He played okay. a double neck Ibanez. Ooh. His name was Marlo Henderson. You know the Marlo Henderson? No, I don't. Well. What's he up to? Not around. <sighs> Fuck. Guitar player. Played the double neck in the 70s. Okay. He played with Minnie Ripperton. Oh. Love yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Minnie Ripperton. She had right. a five octave range. Five octaves. Yeah. What do most people have? One. <laughs> Two. Yeah. She could sing in what was called the whistle range. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's up there. So I'm looking up Minnie Ripperton. Right. That song, Loving You, was written by her husband. Yes. Richard Rudolph. Okay. Minnie and Richard have a daughter. Mm-hmm. The daughter is Maya Rudolph. From SNL. From Saturday Night Live. Comedian extraordinaire. Yep. Maya Rudolph is married to Paul Thomas Anderson. The director. Who I think is easily the greatest living American director. Easy. Bold statement. Boogie Nights. The porn? <laughs> The porn. He's great. There will be blood. Oh. Paul Thomas Anderson. Married to Maya Rudolph. Daughter of... Minnie Ripperton. Whose guitar player... Marlo Henderson. Played in Ibanez. Yes. <laughs> you want to hear a song... Okay. ...that Marlo Henderson played on with his Ibanez? Yes. Can I hot seat you, Ed? Okay, yeah. This is going to be great. It's that weird hole of just like, oh, it's disco and everyone knows this song. And Man. Come on, Ed. Come on. Um, oh. oh, wait. This is, uh, uh it's fucking Come Michael on. Jackson. Yes. <laughs> like, no, of course. Like, I, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I would have got there. Thanks, Marlo. Yeah, he's on some hits. Marlo could play. Yeah, very into it. I wonder what, uh, if I do that with uh, Ooh. our friends from Old Blood Noise Endeavors, the Dark Star. You know, put, I love those guys. Put a little modern. Yeah. On uh, the Michael Jackson. Okay. I have to that tell was you, pretty cool. <laughs> I have to tell you, John. Yeah, that Brady would be very proud of what you just did with that. That is, I exactly. just laid some Michael Jackson through an old blood pedal, an old blood noise endeavors dark star. <laughs> which I'll go out on a limb and say that's never been done before. We're breaking all kinds of ground. Oh, you I kidding? Mean, I, I've done Barbara Streisand. Right. On a Travis Bean. Right. I got one more for you, Ed. Okay. Yeah. 1980. Okay. We'll bring the 70s to a close with somebody who was playing a custom. Yeah. But it was not a custom agent. Okay. It had a nickname. Okay. The nickname of this guitar was The Spud. You ready? Yeah. It? it was. That's called That's Pip. I don't know that I know that song, but that is very Devo-y sounding. Mother's Ba was playing a Ibanez. Yes. They called it the Spud, even though it was originally meant to be shaped like a cloud. Weird. Yeah. How's that feel to you? What? For an episode. (laughs) I would say we did it. Uh, What do we think about this guitar, John? We got it from our good friends at ThunderRoadGuitars.com. Yep. Here in lovely West Seattle. West Seattle. It is reasonable for a used guitar from the 70s. Yeah. And it is on display now on their web site (laughs) and in the shop. Yeah. Go there, have a look at it. Yeah. I've got to say this. Yeah. I have a big, heavy hunk of shit. Mm-hmm. I have a Les Paul. You mm-hmm. don't. Mm-mm. If somebody were to say, we're taking your Les Paul away, yeah, and we're giving you an Ibanez, yeah. maybe not necessarily this one, yeah, but we're giving you a lawsuit Ibanez, right. I don't think I'd have a problem with that. Sure. It plays fantastically. Sure. I mean, I'm not a gold hardware kind of guy, so this just isn't my thing. It's a fancy boy. Yeah. But the way it plays and the way it sounds with the Super 70 pickups, yeah, yeah, man, there's not a damn thing wrong with this. I could picture a jazz guy playing it, you huh. know? Like, it's kind of got that... Because of the fancy? Yeah, where you need a solid body, but you're kind of ripping jazz chords and stuff. Dude in a suit and a tie. Playing at the winery? Yeah. The art opening at the winery? Right. The celebrity auction at the winery? <laughs> <laughs> yes, John. I also could picture a dude with a bolo tie and a big cowboy hat and this guitar. Really? I could see country dude 
or I could see jazz dude playing this. Wow. I don't picture Steve Malkmus from Pavement rocking an Ibanez custom agent. You'd have to uh, go pretty far down the irony hole. <laughs> right, exactly. To encounter and, that. But this had more care put into it, almost certainly, than the average off-the-shelf Gibson from the Norlin era at the same time. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. We hope you guys know where to find us. We're at the high gain. <laughs> Most places. Everywhere. Twitter, Facebook. Instagrams. Your Instagrams. Your WWWs. Yeah, your dubs. Yeah. yeah. The high gain pod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's a place to come find us. Sure. We appreciate the contact. We yeah. appreciate the support. Oh. Keep it up, all you guys. We love it. Thank and, you. And if you have a beverage song you want me to do, I'm not scared. I'll do it. Ed. I love it. I'll, I think I'll... I think if no one sends something in, it's Rick Springfield next week. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some Jesse's girl? Yeah. I love it. I love that it. That would be so great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. Are we gonna come back next week? Yeah, you're gonna come back? Yeah, I'll be I'm, here. I'm always happy when you show up, Ed. Thank you, yeah, yeah. John Kiltaka. It's, it's happy times. Yeah, yeah. We're heading into fall. Oh. So Turtleneck. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'll wear a turtleneck, sweet. Turtleneck. Turtle